Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. A tree at the beginning, a tree at the end, a tree in the middle, a tree to mend. A tree to rescue, a tree to heal, a tree to lead them, a tree to seal. The promise first given so long, long ago, that a seed would come, a branch would grow. A stump would sprout, a vine would spread, bringing life from a realm to awaken what's dead. For where once a man had been deceived at a tree, now another made a choice that would reverse the tragedy. His yes to the tree that made no sense at all, his yes took all creation back to that place before the fall. The space where two realms were together as one, the space where Father, Spirit, and Son were ready to fill creation with the song of songs. Oh death, where is your victory? Oh sin, where is your sting? For a man has won the battle. Oh, let new creation sing. Easter Sunday. Man, this is the greatest celebration day for the church. You know, across the planet, the church might not be able to gather together physically, but I believe that today God's church might actually be in one of the greatest, most powerful expressions ever. See, there are people tuning in, and maybe you are one of them, who have never been in church. In fact, you might have even told friends or family, I will never set foot in a church. But something made you click. Tune in, stop and watch, whatever. See, there are thousands, maybe of millions like you all across the planet for whom God has been maneuvering things, kind of like chess pieces on a board. See, the world might look like it's in check, but God has been planning right from the beginning and he's allowed a few moves that seem to have put him in a bad position. Might look like he's not doing much, they're moves that would make us think he is losing. See, when all along he is using our current circumstances to his greatest advantage, and it's that it's to reach, to rescue and restore his lost kids that don't even know they're lost, or they think they're hopelessly lost. See, God's maneuvering it all to get his message of hope, of good news into places, into homes, into social media feeds, into lives. This message that has, where it's never been before. See, because this is who God is and what God does. From day one, he has been on this relentless pursuit of humans to be with us, to love us, to bring us into his purpose, which is to reflect and flood all of creation with his presence, with his goodness, his greatness, his grace, with God's awesomeness. So here we are, Easter so exciting. And you know, I want to talk about Easter, about Resurrection Sunday, the way the first followers of Jesus, the early church, talked about it. See, it wasn't a doctrine or an idea or a new teaching that they wanted everyone to follow. The disciples, they told and retold a story, a new story of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. But they couldn't tell the new story without connecting it to the old story. 
the story that had been passed down for thousands of years, the story of God and his promise to a special group of people. But now, through a really surprising plot twist, the story had taken an unexpected turn and had become a new reality for everyone. It wasn't an exclusive story no longer, it was an inclusive story. You see, Easter isn't just a day that we celebrate. Easter is a new way of living every day. And to fully get the why of Easter, we need to go back to the beginning of the story. A story that is a tale of two trees and a choice. Two trees had arrived from an unseen realm. One would give life, the other would condemn. Both carried fruit, but also carried more, for humanity was given a choice over which tree would be a door. One door would make a way for heaven's beauty come to earth, humanity to be complete, eternal life would be conferred. The other promised good, but a virus it released, turning self into the highest God, never to be appeased. Each tree called to man's role on earth to fulfill. Would we receive what had been given or take to satisfy our will? Which door would be opened? A door of trust between creator and the beloved of his heart? Or a door to self and all its madness of seeking good but falling short? Would humanity say yes to the tree that meant surrender or choose the tree that looked good but would forever hinder? So back to the garden. Have you ever wondered why the cross? Of all the images, of all the methods for judgment, of all the methods for execution, was the crucifixion just the way it happened or was there more to the cross? See, if you know the story, you know the answer to that question is yes. Because the cross wasn't just a random thing. You know what? I really believe that God had intention in choosing this wooden execution machine as the means to carry out his purpose. See, first of all, there's something that we need to understand about God's story. Have you ever noticed that in movies or TV shows, there's a lot of unspoken language that tells us what the storyline is or what's going to happen? For example, music is an example of unspoken language. Now, producers will use music to tell us something about a scene, what's going to happen or whether it's going to be a happy scene or a sad scene. For example, here we go. A girl sitting by herself in a living room at night, reading a book. There's eerie music in the background. What's happening? Well, the unspoken language tells you something bad is going to happen. Or a guy and girl who hate each other and argue over everything in a story, they're almost guaranteed they're going to fall in love by the end of the story, kiss, and it's going to be happily ever after. Well, film uses a lot of unspoken language to tell a story. And the Bible, it's very similar. It uses objects and numbers and repetition to tell God's bigger story. So what's the most common unspoken language God uses to tell his story? Trees. 
next to God and people, trees and all their forms, like branches and roots and fruit and leaves and seeds, vines, wood, all of that, they are the most mentioned living thing in scripture. But it's not just trees themselves that are important. It's what they represent. See, people are compared to trees. God's wisdom is compared to a tree. And trees show up at hinge points in God's story. See, trees are often connected to the idea of choice. God made humans to rule with him, except what a lot of the original language in the creation story hints at is that humanity was kind of in this innocent state. Now, innocence is a good thing, but to be a ruler, you kind of need wisdom. <laughs> so the big question in the story was this, would humans choose God's wisdom or some other means? See, would humans get wisdom to rule through relationship with God, by walking with Him, by talking with Him, by spending time with Him and learning from Him, or would humans do things on their own terms, by what looks right to them, by what they thought looked good, now, in the Bible narrative, God gives humans a gift, and it's this, it's eternal life. Now, some way, it's not really super clear how, but some way God's life was there in the tree of life. Humans would gain wisdom to rule through God's life in them. That was God's original plan. This tree of life was theirs. God had given it to them. And in fact, it was one of the many trees that God told them to eat from, the tree of life eternal life. It wasn't a reward for being good or for doing good. It was actually a gift. God had told his kids, if you trust me, here's this tree. It's my gift of eternal life to you. You can eat from all the other trees except this one tree. It's called the tree of knowing good and bad. That tree, you eat from it, it's going to kill you. Stay away from it. Humanity choosing to stay away from the tree of knowing good and bad, it would be to say, God is enough. God's given us everything that we need. But if they were to eat from the tree, it would be like saying, God, you're not enough. I need to provide something better for myself. See, this is a root of where our brokenness began and continues to stem from. See, what creates the brokenness or perpetuates the brokenness of humanity? It's we think we know what's best for our lives. I know this is true for me. This is a root of all of our problems. And this is what knowledge without God's life creates. It creates pride, prideful knowing. It's where we think we know the best choices to make for our lives, and, or we think we know the best path to pursue for our future, or we think we know how to fix whatever mess or problem or pain we encounter. We think we know what's best for life. You know, and that's what continues to spread the brokenness of humanity and even the brokenness of creation. See, God's original plan with humanity was that his life, the tree of life, would be the power or source that would direct and guide and enable humanity. Unfortunately, humanity chose to take for themselves from the good bad tree instead of receiving the gift God had given to them, his life, eternal life. Now, a side note. This whole give and take idea, it's actually the tension, not only throughout the Bible story, it's the underlying tension in our own lives. 
It's this, will we receive a gift from God or will we try to take something for ourselves to fill whatever that void inside us might be? To protect them from a greater fate of brokenness forever, in his mercy and grace, God sent them out away from the one thing that would sever. For in their current state of shame and guilt, broken, dark, and lost, to eat from the tree of eternity would now completely cut them off. When self is chosen over trust, a virus is released that holds its victim in its grasp, its craving never appeased. The tree is hidden, its way is blocked, the story appears to end. But love held a secret, what appears as lost may one day emerge again. Now this is where the story gets really exciting. Because see, the tree never went away. God was setting up something so much greater because that's the kind of God he is. He is the greater than God. God loves us so much. He loves his creation so much that even when we choose something other than him, he continues to point the way home. God never stops pulling us home. He never stops calling us to himself. And you know, the tree of life that was hidden in the garden, God has allowed this secret thread. It's like this entire root system growing through time to lead us home. It might look like the storyline has gone dark, but a new tree comes on the scene. Isaiah 11, 1 and 2 says, A shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse. A branch will sprout from his roots. Isaiah 11, 9 and 10, it says, There will be no cause of pain or destruction in all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the sea is covered by the waters. And in that day, the eyes of the nations will be turned to the root of Jesse, which will be lifted up as a flag of the peoples. Zechariah 3, 8, it says, Soon I'm going to bring my servant the branch. Hosea 14, 8, O Israel, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. The branch, the seed, the vine, the root, all throughout time, God has been giving us road signs, his promise like a homing beacon to lead us home to his heart. He wants to show us and he wants us to remember this, the tree of life is the way to life. You see, the tree of life never went away. It was just inverted. Creation had been turned upside down through man's selfish choice. Thorns and thistles ruled instead, all beauty now destroyed. Rebellion's grand entrance crowned death the new king. But life cannot be thwarted, a path home it would bring. For the tree meant to give life abundant and spread, now in the destruction had been turned on its head, biding its time quietly unseen working through time as God's promise to intervene. Fueling events, connecting people, at key moments breaking through, the hard surface of a broken world its life will always pursue. Now you might not realize it, but the invisible thread or root system, it's been running through your own life because God longs for you to experience real life. 
You know, I wonder if you were to look back through your own life, look back in your past, if you were to rewind to key moments and maybe even recent moments, what roots of God's story, his rescue, his help, his strength, even his provision and comfort or his grace and peace. You know, I wonder what roots or shoots can you see? Have you noticed them? You know, I wonder, I wonder if maybe looking back through your life, if, if you could see the hints that God has been there. He's been with you. You know, maybe on the surface, it might not look like he's been there. It's, and it's easy to, to miss these clues, the, the signs that God is with us. We all do this. I've done this. And it's so easy to miss things because so often we're caught up in so many other good things. We're distracted. You know, we miss life. We miss true life because what we're looking at is good. It's, it's looking, we're looking for good. We mistake good for life. And they're not the same thing. You know, God has so much more than good for you. God has life. You might not know this, but what your heart actually longs for, what our heart actually longs for, isn't just what's good. You know, we think we know and want what's good for us or what we believe is good for us, but there is something greater that we need. We need something greater than good. We need life because without life, the life that comes from God, without that life fueling us, you know, we're forever going to be shortchanged. We'll be empty, unfulfilled. We'll be restless because good alone doesn't satisfy Good without God is death. Good without God is bondage. So how do we escape from the tree of knowing good and bad? How do we get back to the tree of life? Can we even find it? You know, see, this is how plot lines work. In order to resolve the conflict, you have to circle back around to the place where it all went wrong in order to resolve the thing that caused the conflict, which means however God's story is going to be resolved, it's going to come back to a tree. A different garden, a brand new man. The choice again unfolds. The carpenter would face the tree. His life it would unfold. The false promise of man becoming like God, overturned by God becoming man. Where one had chosen self, this one chose surrender, fulfilling the original plan. Where one sought the crown to rule on his own, this one wore the crown from a tree made of thorns. The thorns from the curse, when man chose to take instead of trust, this one now gave his life in an act of supreme love. Where once stood the tree that created great loss, now stood the tree in the form of a cross. For all the guilt, for all the shame that had caused man to rebel and hide, this one absorbed all forsakenness back into that old tree to die. But none could imagine the secret plan God had set into motion long before time. What had thought to be lost, denied, and forbidden was now revealing itself in the light. For the tree that had launched the greatest tragedy would mysteriously, inconceivably, miraculously become the tree that would bring about a new reality. The tree of death 
had become the tree of life. Jesus dealt with the tree and boy, did he deal with it. Oh, he carried the tree. He wore the tree. He was nailed to the tree. He was pierced by the tree. See, every choice that Jesus made was to undo and set right all the wrong choices we humans have since made by choosing the wrong tree. Jesus made the right choice for you, for me. See, all those hard choices, the painful choices, the I don't know what to do choices. See that, but so that by trusting in him, by surrendering to him, to his way, that is the way to true life and to our true purpose. See, this is where the challenge actually is. It's where the trust fall comes in because we can't see that the way of the dead tree Surrender, selflessness, even sacrifice. And sacrifice, it relates to us giving up what we think is best in order to receive God's true best for us. See, we can't always see that this is the way that's going to bring us life. But this is what Jesus meant when he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. I'm the new tree of life. And if you remain in me, if you follow my way of life, that's how you're going to find life. You see, life for Adam depended on what he did with the tree of life. And it's the same for us. Life for you and me depends on what we do with the new tree of life, Jesus Christ. A tree at the beginning, a tree at the end, a tree in the middle, a tree to mend. The seed, the branch, the root, the cross. What we took for ourselves, God recovered the loss. What he started, he's finished at the door called the cross. You know, every day we face the choice of which tree we will live from, which tree we will look to for life, for hope, for peace, for wisdom, for freedom, which tree we're going to look to for help and strength. You know, we've all eaten from the wrong tree. That's why Jesus went to that tree. He destroyed that tree's power to hold us captive, to cause us to forever crave and never be satisfied. He destroyed that tree's power to shame us, to guilt us, to condemn us. See, the cross wasn't just symbolic. Something happened that changed everything forever. And what's our part now in all of this? Well, we've been given new life. You've been given new life. Will we receive the gift that God is extending to us? Will we choose the tree of life, the Jesus tree? Will we put our trust in Him and what His death and resurrection has made possible? See, we've been set free to choose rightly. We've been set free to choose life and not simply settle for or be striving after what's good. See, will we trust in God's love and His promise that whoever eats from this tree of life by, by trusting and following in Jesus, that will discover the gift of God's eternal life? You know what? Will you pray with me? I want to end in this prayer, and it's giving language to how do we say yes to this Jesus tree, the tree of life? How do we receive the power and the reality of what the cross and Jesus' resurrection, what has that done for us? How can we live in that? 
you know what? It's actually kind of simple. I'm going to pray, and I want to invite you to pray with me. To say, Jesus, thank you for everything that you accomplished, everything you made possible at the cross, at that old tree. Thank you for taking all of my failures, all of my mistakes, all of my weaknesses into that tree and dying on the tree so I could have life. Jesus, thank you for rising again and starting a new reality of new creation. I say yes to you. I say yes to life your way. I say yes to the tree of life. Thank you for a new start today. Amen. Amen. Man, what an exciting new beginning. What an exciting new thing. God is starting today. Today is your own personal Easter Sunday, a resurrection day, but it's a day that you can live from this day forward. So exciting. God is so good. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.